0: Welcome to the Fearless Woman Podcast. My name is Amanda Smith and I am your host. Every week we talk about all things business, life, and being a woman in this crazy world. I hope that you could take something with you today and build a life that you love. We are sponsored by The Riveter, a co-working space built by women for everyone, community and co-working. I'm so excited because we had the Dallas Girl Gang two-year anniversary party at The Riveter Dallas that just opened up. It opened up right before our party, actually. And it is the most amazing space. Such a great blank canvas for events, but also cozy and homey enough that if you are going to get a membership there... You feel like you have access to things that you could at home, but it's going to give you the productivity to get things done. Um, as Inc. Magazine puts it, a business-minded workspace and community for female entrepreneurs and professionals who crave more than ping pong and beer taps in a community space. Yes, I agree. <laughs> um, they have been featured in Seattle Times, Forbes, Fast Company, Huffington Post, Washington Post, and so much more. We are so excited to partner with the Riveter for the fearless conference and on this podcast. Located in Richardson, Texas, bar three Richardson is a full body balanced workout that combines strength, conditioning, cardio, and mindfulness. Their signature approach to sustained holds, micro movements, and cardio burst are going to leave you feeling bounced in the body and empowered from within. And let me tell you, I would agree, (laughs) I recently went to a class and I left dripping sweat, but I left feeling so good. This transformative power of your workout is more than just physical. Bar three isn't just about the hour that you spend strengthening your body, it's about empowerment that you carry throughout the rest of your day. Those other 23 hours of the day, so important. You can follow them at Bar3Richardson, that's B-A-R-R, the number three, Richardson, on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the good things. Brittany Cobb, welcome to the Fearless Woman Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Yeah. Okay. So before we get into you and your whole story, you just had a huge event this last weekend um, up here in North Texas in the Frisco area. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. Market at the Star. It was great. Thanks for asking. We um, hosted a really fun outdoor market at the world headquarters of the Dallas Cowboys last Saturday uh, with over a hundred incredible booths and makers and shakers and just really cool small businesses. And it was a huge hit. We had you know, just an incredible crowd, which is not always easy to do in the Texas heat. And, um, it was just a blast and further proof that we're doing the right thing, moving our operations or I guess, expanding our operations to Frisco. We're excited. That's so exciting. So we'll,
0: we'll get into that in a second. Um, So let's just kind of start from the beginning. So tell us just briefly so people can have an overview of those who don't know who you are and and what you do with you and your brand.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah. My name is Brittany Cobb and I'm the owner and founder of Flea Style. And Flea Style is a creative company that supports unique style and small businesses. Drilled down, that means we do a lot. Um, We host pop-up markets. All over Texas, we have a retail store. We have a a studio space that hosts creative classes with our makers, whether that be candle making or a macrame class. It's also open to the creative community for events and birthday parties and fun private uh, corporate things. Um, We also have a podcast. It's called Fridays with Flea Style. And, you know, we, it sounds like we do a lot and we do, but it all comes back to supporting our mission of unique style and small businesses, whether that be a class, something educational and inspirational, or a market that actually gets you in front of the makers, creating things that, you know, give you the opportunity to shop local and small, but also rock that style that is you. Yeah.
0: I love that. We were like privileged enough to have you join us at our Dallas Girl Gang two year event. Um, and you can go check that live episode out. It was our first like live recording and my husband pulled it off and like got it recorded. I didn't know it was even, if it was going to happen, um, but everybody really loved that episode. And um, obviously there were several people on the panel, you being one of them, and everybody had something really unique to say. And so I kind of want to get into like you and, and the flea style story just, just a little bit because I think especially locally people know the brand and know about it, but I want to get into the, the stuff that is not curated by Instagram, the stuff that is behind the scenes, which is very much about who you are. You are very authentic. You're very like, I'm sitting on the floor right now eating pizza because I haven't eaten in since eight (laughs) o'clock this morning or whatever, you know, um, and like, you're a mom and you have kids and you're a wife and you are running a business and now you're opening like a second location and a restaurant. And, and so there's so many questions there. So let's just start here. You started this with a dream and a vision, and it takes a lot of sacrifice. Before we started recording, you, um, you mentioned that. And so t- tell us to us about how you had this vision and And wanted to start this, and then what were those things that you knew like something had to
1: give? You know, and let's just start there. Oh, that's a loaded question, girl. I know. <laughs> <That> we could <laughs> spend the whole podcast talking about that. right. Um, yeah, well, thank you for having me at that conference. I still get emails from that. That was really that's cool. Awesome. I've gotten a couple of really cool emails from people that just want to know more and said that you know they couldn't believe how much I opened up. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. It, we need it, it more. Um, well, I think, you know, like you said, you see all the good stuff typically on and social. And yeah. I'm I, you know, I'm in that camp too, but I think it's important to talk about everything because it's not right. all roses and nope. rainbows. Nope. Um, so yeah, I mean getting to Fleestyle was a long it was a short journey in so many ways, and it was long in another because it wasn't organic business that grew out of a need. Um, yeah. it was something that I wanted as a shopper, as a consumer. And so I created it and I created it Think it by saying that for those that don't know the story, it was a one-time holiday market. Mm-hmm. And I really thought that's all it was going to be. Um, and maybe once a year, every year, but that was the intention. Um, and then, you know, over time, it's just really grown by continually, continuing to organically grow it through things we think the community wants by listening and, and, you know, pivoting with them. Um, all that said, you know, 10 years in now this fall, we've grown to a place that we're, we're quite large, uh, not in mm-hmm. staff, but in, in blueprint and footprint and what we're doing. And so there's constant, constant challenges and sacrifices, as you said, yeah. whether that be, for my family, you know, time away from mommy, whether that be sacrifices for me personally, not seeing friends as much, or traveling as much, or having flexibility yeah. um, financially. I mean, there's there's sacrifices in all sorts of areas, but there's also like successes and victories and tiny victories that you know keep you going. Right. Um, so it, it's kind of a mixed bag of emotions every day, especially as we're in this really big expansion growth period. The growing pains are so real right now. Um, but so are the successes and I don't know. I think the moral of the story is, is that you just have to know every day is going to have, it's good and it's bad. And I just have to constantly weigh out what's worth it more. And right now the good outweighs the bad and it just keeps me going and keep my head down and working hard.
0: So there's, there's so many questions that I could ask (laughs) and and selfishly I want to know for myself, but there's There's got to be a component of like, do you ever feel guilty for, oh, I haven't seen my best friend in a couple of months or like I've been gone three nights a week for two weeks and I have, you know, like with your kids or your family and things like that, when you know as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, it takes so much, especially when yeah. you are the leader and the visionary of it all. Like you're very key. you got, you have to be there. Um,
1: yeah. So how, yeah. how do you deal with that? <clears throat> I know when you asked him when we were recording, if I was at the office, it's like, yeah, that's, if you want to find me, you know where to come. This is, I yeah. live here. <laughs> you live here. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there is guilt. My guilt lies more with, I think the mom guilt thing, which if anyone's yeah. a mom, I think no matter if you work or don't like there's mom guilt in all decisions. <laughs> whether it's, did I make the right decision on what they ate or, you know, for me, it's (laughs) very much so like more of my time. Um, but yeah, there's tons of that, um, outside of the mom guilt. I, I've really kind of shed any other guilt. Um, to be really honest, I don't, I don't struggle with that so much. I struggle more with like, just, am I doing the right thing for my kids, for me personally, for my marriage, for my friends? Like, is this, will I look back and say, I spent my time wisely. Um, where, you know, instead of maybe not working as much and being available more or spending more time with my friends or maybe less stressful, because we all know that stress leads to a lot of really bad things. Um, yeah. so I think more like that. And I ask myself that daily, that is a check-in I have every single morning over my cup of coffee and the like five minutes of peace I have before my kids wake up. And I mean that like, I literally do that check-in and more times than not, the answer is yes, this is still worth it. And I always tell myself the minute I say no and I say no a few times or enough, like I need to really think about that because I don't want, life's too short and I don't want to look back and go, man, I should have just enjoyed it more. But I, I love what I do and the the struggles sometimes I think they're so annoying or I'm frustrated. And honestly, a week later, I look back, I go, you know what? That was actually kind of fun because I figured it out and I made this decision right. and I came out of it. And so I learned that perspective is everything. And I just have to keep pushing, but yeah. when it's not fun anymore is when I'll have to take a deep dive and look at things, but yeah. it's pretty darn fun. It is pretty darn fun.
0: Um,
1: I don't know if you're a Gary
0: Vee fan, but I definitely am. And he just talks about like loving the process and the journey and just, yeah, like, like you said, like your head is down and you are working and so in my mentor Courtney Baker, she we talk about all the time. She she always says like like take a second, kid, and look. She would call, always calls me kid, and I love it. It's great, mm-hmm. and it makes you like, feel young. What, I yeah, want yeah. someone to call me kid. <laughs> I know, and I was like <laughs> anybody else, but you can call me kid. And she's like, take a second, like don't forget these moments, like whenever we get a, a big project or we have a great event or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, loving, loving the process, but then having those moments and check-ins. I like that you, you do that. So is there anything else that you do to kind of keep that in balance, like with a friend? Yeah.
1: No, well, my, my work family because becomes my friends and I do have Mm -hmm. a lot of check-ins with friends, but when I'm with them, I try not to talk about work, honestly, Yeah. (laughs) but for me, no, I do have a few things. One thing is I, I call it our tiny victories and it's this little bell. And it literally sits behind me on my desk and I ring it and I celebrate all sorts of stuff. So like today I celebrated, I have a new director of operations I brought in. Awesome. And her job is like literally to be me and get in my head, which go try to figure that out. <laughs> so she has she has quite a challenge ahead of her. And this head is real scary. I'm like, girl, I don't <laughs> want you to know everything in there, but you got to know. So anyway, today she got in there and like literally nailed a project down to my verbiage and everything. And only like two weeks in on this particular task. And so it's like, yes, ring that bell and like just celebrate her That's in front awesome. of everyone. And also just remind us like, wow, we're, you know, we're having these challenges, but this was a success or we had a big day in the store recently, um, and kind of came out of nowhere, but we thought, and then we actually like sat back and analyzed the reports. It was like, actually, no, we moved the needle because we did X, Y, Y, that we worked really hard on. Right. So again, again, like we forgot about all the hard work you planned. Right. Right. So we rang the bell and it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's like, well, you know, it works when you, yeah when you work hard and you put intention behind it and you know, you analyze and I am like, wow, magic can happen. And so, yeah, I I take my bell and I literally ring it and I like to startle people and like catch them off guard. It's super fun. (laughs) Um, but internally I like ring my own little bell in my head sometimes for myself because I always say as the boss, the leader, no one really celebrates you and I'm not looking to be celebrated, but no one like pat you on the back because you don't have a boss. Right. So I try to do that for myself especially in these days right now that feel really muddy and hard and clunky and just like tough to, to get through. Um, and so I do that by honoring myself with time. So I don't pay myself. I'm pretty vocal about that. It's not saying I'm like proud of or say in like a braggadocious way, but Mm -hmm. I am lucky enough that I can, I can do that. Um, where we're figuring out financially as a family um, during this like hopefully short period of time. But instead of paying myself, I pay myself in time. So if I find that like I need to reward myself for something I've done, I'll book a lunch with a girlfriend or I will go get my nails done. or Mm -hmm. Because these are things I don't normally do, right? We just don't have the time or we we don't do a ton of self-care. So for me, I book in something like that. Yeah. Um, even today, for example, I booked myself just a coffee date for one with myself, but I got out of the office and worked locally where I can just like have some time to myself. I thought That's I deserved great. that Yeah. and I was so much more productive in doing it. So, um, yeah, those are kind of some of my tips, but That's great.
0: where'd you go for a coffee
1: date? I went to Merritt coffee right here in Deep Bellum. It recently opened. I yeah, love it. I need to get down there. I oh, see. I'll meet you. It's delicious.
0: Oh, let's do it. I would love to. Um, mm-hmm. So at our event, uh, back in May, you talked about, um, those dark hall moments. So right now, if anybody pulled you up on Instagram, looked at your website, looked at all of the accolades you guys have received in the press or whatever, they would be like, damn girl, this is rolling. Like, this is amazing. And it would be so impressive. And it is, but you are still very much quote unquote in the trenches, right? you are working so hard. You just said something about like, it still feels muddy. And like every day is a set of new challenges or a set of new unopened emails. And Mm -hmm. you know, what, what does that look like? And so give us, I mean, you could talk about that dark hallway moment or, um, what are some, some things that maybe you could speak to, to our audience as business owners, of something you've learned in the last year or so that maybe would save someone else a lot of heartache or a lot of time or just something that you found that was really helpful to you after the fact.
1: Yeah. Well, to that point and what I told your audience back at the conference was it it may look one way and I hope it does because we've worked our asses off to get there, but it's it's 10 years in. So (laughs) (laughs) time's... 10 by 365 and count the days like it didn't happen overnight by any means yeah Uh, and in like full transparency if you read my story it also started as like I've even said here a total little hobby little one-off initial project where I've had other jobs I've had other careers I've had a family all during that decade so it was slow to roll because I had a lot going on and and through that, had to figure out for myself what I wanted and where it was going and where I wanted to put my energy. So it has been a long road. Um, the flea style story is more of like since 2000, I I technically started it December, 2015. So really, if you think January 16, it's been about three, you know, three and a half years. Um, and so I think flea style has grown a lot quicker. And I think that I know that has happened because it was a decision, a very conscious decision I made Six years into the business as a hobby, and said, No, this is a real business and it's going to be full time and it is my thing, and everything else is going to, you know, subside and we're going for it. And so mm-hmm. it, it, I think it looks fast and furious because of that decision I made, but there was such a foundation laid for it prior. And I think that hopefully is a story that a lot of people can listen to and realize. I think a lot of people get in a spot where they don't know where they're going or they have this side hustle or something they like and like, it's just not taking off Yeah. or it's just like, how do I go there? And I think the moral of my story anyway, is that you have to decide if what you're doing is a hobby or a career. And until you make that very hard decision for yourself, and there's so many factors that play into that. And I get it. It's not as simple as just saying, okay, I'm doing it um, you need to have a path to success. You need to know that, Hey, this is a viable product or a a process or something people want. Like there's a lot of questions you need to ask yourself, but if you feel like it has the legs to run, you need to then give yourself that space and dedicate and not just at night on your computer. When you can, it takes all the time, all the help finding Mm -hmm. your people, finding your childcare, you know, And, and until then, it just it just can't fly. And that's okay too. but I think mm-hmm. that that is just uh, something people have to know. Yeah. Um, now from there, you know, you talk about the dark, dark hallway moment that was such a that like hit so many people at the conference. It like really I did. Do, <laughs> I get emails about that. and that it was like I, I guess that's a good hot topic where to start with. But what you're speaking to is the fact that the my little market that started, you know, my very first market that started fleestyle. It was in a dark hallway. We had no electricity. We had, you know, just these makers I had known through my career as a journalist. And, you know, it was a very, very humble beginnings. Um, And I think that through that, I learned so much. But I think the moral of that story is, is you don't have to have a lot of funding or some big backer or even just some perfectly planned out business idea to Mm -hmm. start. You just have to start. And I started in a dark hallway with no air conditioning in Texas in December when it was freezing. Like, you know, I kind of had the cart stacked against me, but I pushed through. I figured it out. I grew organically and slowly. And I, I did it with intention. And so, yes, I made mistakes, but not epic failures that put me out of business. And over time, it really grew to become this thing and this mountain. And then we needed a bigger venue. And, you know, I've been self funded. We're still self Funded from day one. And that's part of our slow grow, but also why we've lasted. Right. And so I like to tell people that, that you don't have to like have this, you know, $20,000 in the bank or hundred thousand or a million with this grandiose idea. start small. Um, and then big things can happen from hard work and a good product. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I feel I, this
0: is what I hear a lot I because this is kind of some of the people that I run with. There are people either younger or older than me, like in their 20s somewhere. And like you said a couple minutes ago, they have something and it's not taking off. They have something and they're just feeling impatient and they're so ready to be to like go full time or just be making money from it or have a career in it. But there's, there's a couple of different things of why I think it's not working. And that is either one, they don't really have a solid foundation for their business and what, what they're actually doing. They're just trying Uh to pursue it and force something. Um, (coughs) and then Mm -hmm. the other is they think like they just don't have enough money or they don't have enough, whatever. And so I think there's a couple of things like you, you hit on you just have to start. People ask me or just people at our circle all the time, how do you start this? How do you blah, 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 blah. And that is like, not a question that I really asked myself when I ever started anything. Kind of like you, we saw something that, or we wanted something that we didn't already see in the world. And so we made it ourselves, just figuring it out with the help of friends and family or whatever. Um, but it's always interesting to hear people say how do i get started or how do i keep going or keep launching this or they think it has to be super fancy and they have to have this like very laid out to the team <clears throat> business plan and yeah uh, they well well i'm not formally trained in business or didn't go to business school or so they, there's so <laughs> many like blocks in their brain of and and for me too and so um, I don't know. What I would think you say to those people that are thinking that myself included,
1: I think, I, I mean, I have a very simple answer to that. Um, if you're sitting around and it's not taking off, you've got to ask yourself some pretty hard questions. Mm-hmm. A, are you putting in the work? Um, you know, B, is it something people want? So like, if you are putting in the work and say, I can relate right now, say to the maker community. So let's say I'm a jewelry artist and you are working your tail off and feel like, you know, you're doing everything you can. Well, if you're at markets and you're in stores or attempting, like, and your stuff's not selling, well, then the next question is, do I have a good product or do I have a good, whatever you're trying to offer out to the world for you, you know. It would be conferences or a podcast. Like, ask right. yourself, why are people not responding to it? And that doesn't mean, okay, well, it's not working, so I I stop, I close up shop, I hang my hat. It's okay. Well, how do I fix that? Is my pricing too high? Am I not marketing the right people? Am I selling? flannels in, in Texas in the summer. Like, you know, there, there's so many reasons I'm sure we could correct this, this situation. Right. So then you correct that. Okay. Then, then you keep trying. It's like, if it, if you continue to correct and you're working really hard and it's not taking off, I think you give yourself maybe a deadline or a timeline to, to, to move on to something different and, you know, find your next thing. Um, but, you know, we've had failures. I, I don't call them failures. We've had learning lessons, but we've we've put yeah. products out in the universe that didn't succeed for us or they didn't move the needle fast enough for me, whether I needed it to monetize, to like pay staff. And I just didn't think so. So we moved to something else or, uh, you know, we've done a few things. We, we did this really beautiful event called Flea Style Summit. We hosted mm-hmm. three of them. They're huge, huge conferences. We were flying in talent from all over the United States, putting them up. I mean, founder Sugarfina, One yeah. Kings Lane, creative director, like really big names. And they were huge successes with those that attended. I mean, yeah. people were obsessed with them. But we refused to sell out and work with a ton of partners that didn't feel right for me to speak to personally. Yeah. I have a real issue yeah. with authenticity. <laughs> if it doesn't feel right, I don't do it. Which means I typically don't like pick a lot of low-hanging fruit that will pay the bills. But I like, I don't know. I just have, I refuse to sell out. And so... You know, it just wasn't, it wasn't coming off the ground like I needed it to. And I had to stop, but I tried three, which was over three years. I mean, I put in the time and I, I'm very, very comfortable with closing that chapter. I feel like it was a huge success when we did it for us personally, but it wasn't the path for Freestyle. style. Sure. And. So, you know, I think you just have to ask yourself hard questions, but I guarantee you the number one reason people's businesses aren't taking off is they're not putting in the work. And I don't mean that negatively, like you're not working hard enough, you should be mad at yourself. There's so many factors that come into life that may not be able to to focus, but to make something succeed today with so much noise and so much innovation and so much funding and... You have to work harder than anyone else in your category. It yeah. is just the number one answer. And I, I just don't know how to make it any more simple than that. There are a million photographers today. If you <laughs> want to be a photographer, you better be really good your pricing. It has to be really competitive. You've got to have an, some reason or way you're standing out from the rest. It's like anything. And so I think that makes today really hard for young people, honestly. Um I, I don't know how people are in the creative world, especially finding that for themselves. I don't have a ton of advice because I just see it so concentrated and noisy being in the space myself. But like, you've got to work harder than anyone. you got to put in more hours. you got to get more innovative, get more creative, be a marketing genius. Like you've just got to figure it out. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I have a couple more questions and then we'll wrap up and talk about whatever is just exciting you right now. But I'm wondering... So there's so much work that goes into owning a business, running a business, and especially when it's something like you are the face of your brand and things like that. How are you taking care of yourself and things like that, which we kind of touched on as far as not getting burnt out and not just hitting a wall, especially in creative things like you?
1: Yeah. Well, and I was going to say this. I kind of... went off on. There's that's so much good. to talk about on your last question. But the other thing I think you have to ask yourself that plays into this answer is like, are you obsessed? Do you love it? Does it naturally fuel you if you weren't taking a paycheck or can't take a paycheck? Or yeah. you know, does it still get you giddy when you wake up? And when it's really hard, are you still able to see the positive? That's another thing that I think makes a viable business that's going to take off because you naturally are so motivated to see it succeed, whether it's, for a financial success or just because you want it in the world, you know? Um, And that would be my answer to the question you just said. Um, I think what, you know, keeps me excited and motivated about my business is that it literally is my number one outside of like family and stuff, but from a non like relationship based perspective, It's the number one thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. I love it. Like it naturally fuels me. It makes me so happy. I love now getting into the business, like seeing you, seeing, uh, what's the word successes or like being able to measure things through hard work or actually analyzing stuff. Like it gets me so giddy and I'm not a numbers person. (laughs) They usually make my eyes roll back, but you know, to be able to say like crack the code and figure it out it's super exciting, and it makes you only want to do it more. And for us, it's so cool because we're supporting all these makers. Like right. how we make money by promoting vendors that we love and sell their product. And so, not only is it cool to see fleestyle see those successes, but our success lies on the shoulders of these amazing vendors we love. So it's also seeing all of them succeed, and it just becomes this like snowball of small business awesomeness that I can't get enough of. Right. Um, that's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, you asked me to like how I take care of myself and all of that. And I think, you know, I, I think it's honoring myself right now with time when I can. And I've, I've learned that as I'm not, I said this earlier, but not paying myself and rewarding myself with maybe like, you know, a lunch date or whatever. I'm also rewarding myself with my weekends again, which is a really big move a couple months ago, but I used to work just seven days a week. Yep. Um, and my kids fold into my life everywhere I go. So I don't want to sound like I never see them. I mean, this summer I built summer camp in our studio. So I'm with them every day until twelve thirty. Right. 30.
0: Yeah. But, yeah.
1: but I, I didn't have full weekends and I never fully was able to commit to anything. And I, about a month and a half ago, hired a manager that allowed me to do that. And that was a awesome. big girl move for me and not being here on the weekends sometimes <laughs> is hard because I love it. That's when my kids come out with their bells on. I know. Yep. Um, but you know, time is where I'm paying myself and it allows me to reflect and get creative in my mind and see my family and recharge my batteries. And there's so much success that comes from that, that isn't as measurable. So I found that it's, it's important to do. Yeah. That's so great. Um, okay. So let's talk really quick. What are you
0: just like set on fire for right now? What's got you so excited?
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Everything. I never thought I'd. (laughs) the suburbs, but <laughs> Hello, literally on fire. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, hashtag suburban mom. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm really excited about our expansion up there. You know, we, we love our headquarters in Deep Ellum. This will always be home. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, this is where we have our store, our studio, our main headquarters. We're opening yeah. our restaurant next door. Uh, but we're taking the entire concept with the exception of corporate offices up to Frisco for a second location that opens oh, in a couple cool. months. So Right now, I'm just buzzing to like you know I'm picking flooring and wallpapers and fixtures and tomorrow mm-hmm. I go to a big flea market to shop product and like awesome. things that we can create fixtures out of. It's just so fun.
0: That's
1: um, um, and then the whole restaurant thing. So we are opening heirloom hall, which is a restaurant that complements flea style, um, and it's internal in Frisco. It's next door down here, and basically it's to allow our customers to eat and drink and connect and yeah. and work on their computer or whatever while you know also supporting these makers and it's just like such a halo effect business model we're creating yeah. where it keeps it all just in a hub and everyone's so supportive of all the different things it's it's really fun to see and just to be in the food space is a dream i've always wanted to own a coffee shop it's like <laughs> one of those dreams i've had since high school and to be able to finally fold that into what i'm doing it's super cool. I love
0: that. My husband and I have always dreamt of like owning some kind of downtown area coffee shop with like a loft yeah. studio above it. And then like having like a bar and a coffee shop and like, we are both musicians. So like having a stage and whatever. So well, one day, one day we'll get there. Um Well, Brittany, this has been awesome. Thank you. It's been fun. Yes. Um, So yeah, tell us really quick anything else where we can find you on social media, on the internet, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, well, our website is fleestyle.com and then heirloom hall H hall, A U com and then at fleestyle, at heirloomhall. Um, and then our store is down here at Deep Ellum, We're on Commerce Street. We have a free parking lot. We are. Um, getting more and more recognized for our cool art murals that are so fun and um you know supporting artists and it's just really fun we'd love to see you guys and thanks for listening to my story yes
0: thank you so much Brittany and we just appreciate you and you guys go check out flea style if you're in the area or if you are traveling through Dallas this summer um but we'll um, catch you next time and thanks for listening guys thanks We are supported by Barbara Arredondo with Clay Stapp & Co. Real Estate. Clay Stapp & Co. is a boutique real estate agency, and Barbara is a top producer, voted D Magazine's best real estate agent and top 4% of realtors in the Lakewood East Dallas area. Way to go, Barbara. Barbara's understanding of client services stems from many years of business and project management in the telecommunications industry. Today, as a realtor, Barbara leverages her experience in every step and detail of her real estate transaction. She has so much to give and she's so wonderful. She connects buyers and sellers in DFW and specializes in resales and new construction. She can help you find your dream home, so go follow her on Instagram at Dallas underscore Real estate underscore agent. That's where she is. As soon as you type up those first few characters, you will probably see her. Um, You can also reach her at 214-642-7696. We are supported by Lux and Bloom. Lux and Bloom, gorgeously curated gift boxes for every occasion. At Lux and Bloom, they believe that gifts should be beautiful, thoughtful, and personal with attention to detail. They also believe that gift giving should be as enjoyable as an experience for the giver and for the recipient. So go let them help you gift gorgeously. You can find them online at luxeandbloom.com. That's L-U-X-E and bloom.com and on Instagram at shopluxandbloom.